This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to Episode 77 of the Catholic Foodie, the 4th of July, Hot Dogs and Apple Pie. Welcome to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm so glad that you're here. And, uh, you know, we're going to do 4th of July today. Today is not the 4th, but the 4th is quickly approaching. It's just a few days away, actually. So we're going to talk about uh, menus. What kind of menu are we going to have celebrating the independence of our country? If uh, if you're actually uh, in America, if you're an American, you know, people all over the world listen to the Catholic Foodie. And I certainly want to welcome them to uh, to sit back, relax, enjoy maybe a cup of coffee, glass of wine, and share with us some of the traditional foods that we have on the 4th here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Well, before we kick things off here, I want to say a, a big thank you, a big thank you to Cliff Ravenscraft, who is the podcast answer man. Uh, you may have heard of Cliff. I know Father Roderick and and uh, Cliff do a a podcast together called uh, the Biggest Loser Podcast. And Cliff is a, a fantastic man, a wonderful man, a good Christian man, and he's also an expert and professional podcaster. He not only uh, podcast about twenty different uh, or host about twenty different podcasts himself. Uh, or co-host, but he also um, does podcast consulting. The Podcast Answer Man, podcastanswerman.com. He's also the founder, along with his wife, Stephanie, of the gspn.tv uh, or the GSPN Network. It's the Generally Speaking Podcasting Network at gspn.tv. You ought to go check uh the work that he's doing, just go check him out. He's doing some great, great stuff over there. I am a premium uh, member, a a, um, a plus member, they call him. So I get all the excellent content over there, all the different shows that they produce. It's fantastic. If you uh, are not familiar with Cliff, please do go check out his work. If you're into podcasting, check out uh, podcastanswerman.com. And Cliff, in addition to consulting and helping people to set up podcasts and evaluate their podcast and, and kind of focus ideas and all the other wonderful things that he does, he sells podcasting equipment also. <laughs> and he helped me just a couple of uh, weeks ago to, uh, to get a Heil PR40 microphone. That's the microphone that he uses it's the microphone that Leo Laporte uses. Matter of fact, Father Roderick, when he was in uh, the country not that long ago, a few months back, he also picked up a Heil PR40 uh, from Cliff before going back to um, going back to his home. And uh, you can you know see him on UStream over at uh, SQPN Connect. You can see him over there using that Heil PR40 while he does his podcasting. So I'm very excited about this. It was kind of a step up for the Catholic foodie. Uh, which I had been anticipating for a long time. And you may notice, I know I do, you may notice a, a dramatic improvement in the sound quality of this show, particularly this microphone. Now, Char is not with me today, but uh, when she will be with me, she, which hopefully next episode, I'm, you know, I thought she'd be here with me today, but the schedule's just, uh, it's crazy. It is crazy. I don't know about you, but my schedule this spring and summer now, it's just been crazy. And uh, we've been going in different directions. The kids are involved in so many activities. We just can't seem to connect. When we do connect, one of us is just too tired. So (laughs) 
Uh, hopefully, next episode, episode 78, we'll have Char back on the show, and she will be using a different mic, and I know this is kind of technical stuff. I, I just really wanted to say thank you to Cliff. Um, I really appreciate all of the uh, the wisdom, the knowledge that he imparts through his his podcast, Answer Man podcast, because he gives away just so much information. Um, it, it, it really is amazing, and he has done such a fantastic job of building a community around uh, GSPN. And you may know him, by the way, I just thought of this. You may know him from his weekly Lost podcast, which they started way back in 2005, believe it or not, uh, Cliff and Stephanie together. And it's, it was still going strong. I think it just ended officially because, of course, the, uh, the series there, Lost, is, uh, is now over. Uh, it wasn't until after the finale, the series finale, that Char and I started to watch Lost, going back all the way to uh, episode one of season one. And we had been watching that uh, maybe one episode a night or every couple of nights. And we are now up to, let's see, what are we on? We're on about episode eight of season two. So do not call and give me any spoilers. I'm doing the best I can to avoid spoilers. We're really enjoying the show. We love it. And a matter of fact, we started to watch this series because of Cliff. So I need to thank him for that as well. Anyway, Cliff Ravenscraft, uh, Podcast Answer Man, PodcastAnswerMan.com, GSPNT.TV. Uh, and Char will not be using the Heil. It's, it's, I only got one of them. I'm on the Heil, but she has. we have a sure microphone for her. So hopefully she will join us next episode. The explosion of new media technologies is changing the way we live and work. What's more, it's changing the way Catholics grow and learn about their faith, as many turn to the Internet daily for information and entertainment. Pope Benedict recently compared the web to the digital sea and asked us to set sail without fear on the digital sea for the sake of the gospel. The Catholic New Media Celebration, coming to Boston this August 6th and 7th, is a response to this new evangelization. Sponsored by SQPN and hosted by the Archdiocese of Boston, the Catholic New Media Celebration is a day to come and share with others who are interested in learning about this important new medium. There will be tracks for podcasting, blogging, even a track for children. Come to the Catholic New Media Celebration, the CNMC in Boston, where newbies and veterans alike share knowledge and faith. Complete registration details can be found at celebration.sqpn.com. Well, speaking of the CNMC, I do have some news to share with you. I received an email just the other day from a listener, a longtime listener. Uh, he's been listening since the very beginning, which is, wow, that's awesome. You know, that is really, really cool. Um, and, and anyway, you know, if you've been listening to The Catholic Foodie, you know that I'm in this uh, transition right now. Uh, I left my career as a high school teacher, and I'm moving into opening my own uh, or starting my own uh, business, which I'm in the middle of doing right now, uh, which has to do with all this new technology, right? This online new technology that uh, I've been using as part of my job, my career as a uh, educator. I got into it about four or five years ago, you know, po podcasting and, and blogging and using all that for education uh, and, and other forms of you know, social networks and, and how those things can be used for uh, education and also for catechesis and in and, and my church uh, work and my ministry as a, uh, 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 a catechist. And I'm moving toward uh, using these things to assist uh, businesses and uh, nonprofits and 
uh, schools and school districts and churches, uh, church parishes and dioceses, all these different uh, entities trying to help them to effectively use social media, this new technology that we have online, uh, to whether it's you know if it's a if it's a ministry then to spread the word if it's a nonprofit to get more exposure uh, and and for businesses to generate more revenue right to build community around their brand this is the kind of stuff that I'm uh, I'm I'm doing and I'm launching now as I mentioned I just left teaching uh, about a month ago month and a half ago we're in July now or almost in and yeah it's July second today. And uh, it was at the end of May, so just over a month that I actually left my full-time position teaching high school. And I figured I had about three months or so I gave myself to really get this new business off the ground. Of course, I've been building on this, building it up, building it up for the last several months. So uh, in the interim, though, I mean, this is a transition period for me. And I had made a a remark, uh, I guess a few episodes back, about um, the fact that I, I really wanted to go to the CNMC. I think it's important for the Catholic foodie to be at the CNMC this year. But that because everything's in flux, I'm starting this new thing, and there's a lot of uncertainty right now uh, about everything. But it's in flux, and it's it's there's a lot of details that have to be worked out. I had said a couple of episodes back that I just didn't know. I want to be there. I hope to be there, but I just didn't know if I if I would be there. Well, this listener, this longtime listener, uh, took the opportunity to email me and said, look, I've got a proposition. I believe in the Catholic foodie. I believe in what the Catholic foodie is all about. I've been listening since the beginning, and you know, I want to do something to help you to make sure that you are at the CNMC because I believe that that is important. He says, how about this? He says, how about you ask your listeners for donations to help the Catholic foodie to get to the CNMC? And he says, for whatever you, whatever donations are given, I will match those funds to make sure that you can be there. Wow. I, I was blown away. It's like, thank you so much. That is, <laughs> that's incredible. And it's, it's, uh, man, it just really moves me to know that somebody sees what it is we're doing here at the Catholic Foodie, what we're trying to do at the Catholic Foodie, right? It's food, it's faith, it's family. Uh, we're, we're trying to grow in our faith, to spread the, the joy in the, of, of our faith and the goodness of God and the, the, the bounty, right, the, the, that God pours out upon us, all these gifts, and how it's all kind of wrapped up together, right? The sa- sacramentality of our faith, the, the, uh, the reality, the necessity of food, good food in our lives, and how family, all of it is kind of binds us together as one family. Our own individual families, our church families, our parish families, and also just the family of God in general. So this is all kind of what we're doing here at the Catholic Foodie in a, in a fun, kind of exciting, entertaining way. And uh, somebody who sees that and, and, and wants to make sure that it continues. So I'm doing something here that I don't normally do. I'm asking you to help me out here with uh, some donations to, to get to the CNMC this year. Um, it, it's, not ha- it's not hard to do. Matter of fact, if you go to catholicfoodie.com, on the, the sidebar right there on the right-hand side of the screen, there is a uh, donate button It's a PayPal donate button. You don't have to have a PayPal account to use it. Any credit card, uh, it'll take any credit card. Um, But if you do have a PayPal account, of course, you can log in. And you click on that, it takes you to the screen. You're able to put in an amount. Any amount that you're able to contribute would be great. And uh, fill in your information and hit click, and that's it. And it goes 
to the Catholic Foodie, and this uh, this listener will uh, will match whatever you give, and that is to me just very humbling, and uh, but very exciting too to know that uh, that that people get it, people see it, and and like it, and love it, and think that this is a, a wonderful message, and they want they want to see it grow, and I'm very very excited about that. So uh, that's my pitch to you today. Something I don't normally do, but. Uh, I just couldn't, I mean, especially after uh, getting that email from this listener, I just couldn't, um, I had to kind of swallow my pride and say, okay, uh, I need to make the pitch. So <laughs> anything that you can do, anything that you can give to contribute, to donate uh, to this effort to get to the CNMC this year by the Catholic Foodie is much appreciated and is matched by another uh, another listener. So that's my pitch for today. Thank you so much for listening and for being patient as I um, as I stumble through this. Oh, I guess I should have mentioned. I think I, I forgot um, the actual cost of going to the CNMC. The plane ticket's about three hundred, three twenty, somewhere around there, and uh, the hotel is about three fifty. So we're talking about six seventy or so, somewhere between six seventy and seven hundred. So that is the, uh, the the cost that I'm looking to cover. And uh, anyway, that's it. Hi, I'm Junie. And I'm Ray. And And this this is Mary in the the Kitchen with Sarah (laughs) Reinhardt. My involvement in this show is a great irony, my friends. I have never been a fan of cooking. It ranks right up there with exercise and the listing of things I avoid procrastinate, and hide to keep from doing. If I would apply my creative energies to the cooking as much as I do to my avoidance of it, I wonder what could happen. I also wonder what could happen if I lived next door to people like Jeff and Char. No, really. I listen to the show every week and come away hungry. For me, that's a good start, but Then I move on to the next podcast or the next song playlist, and I eat mac and cheese or a pizza or something mundane, and I go on with my life. But having someone around who likes to cook can spark my interest. I would have never gotten started canning things like tomatoes and grape jelly and enjoying them immensely, if not for my mother-in-law's passion for it. I helped her out one year and then enjoyed eating the results so much that I was waiting for it the following year. Now we have something of a tradition. I get energy from other people, and there's an important lesson in that for me. I need to surround myself with people who will challenge me to be better and to grow closer to God. I think that's why I'm such a fan of Mary. It's probably why I think of her so often in the kitchen, too. There's no doubt she was the kind of person who inspired other people to be better, holier, closer to her son. The kitchen is the heart of a home. So much happens there. Eating is an essential part of our lives, whether we like the preparation or focus more on the consumption. And Mary points us to the heart of our faith, the kitchen of the Mass, where we eat our heavenly meal. Every week, whether we feel like cooking or not, whether we want to go or not, whether we are inspired or dragging, 
that meal is waiting. It's ever new, always fresh, and consistently offering us a better life. Embrace that experience this week. Maybe sneak in for an extra mass this week. Think of it as a visit to the kitchen where you're sitting on a stool in the breakfast nook, just you and Mary. When you receive communion, ask her to help you to be the person God wants you to be. When you pray, ask her to aid you in cooperating with the grace that's all around you. And later, when you're in the kitchen of your house, invite her in. She'll probably bring her son with her, and you'll be all the better for it. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was right on. I loved it. And uh, man, it would be really cool if we lived next door to each other, wouldn't it? We'd have a a party or two, I'm sure. (laughs) It was great to see you when you came down to visit your sister-in-law. Around Mardi Gras time, we had a good time. Um, I made a, uh, I think I made a gumbo, didn't I? I made a gumbo. And uh, we had fun. It was a chicken on Dewey gumbo, and we had a good time. So uh, I look forward to seeing you at the CNMC. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention earlier, you know, Sarah is going to be one of the speakers there at the CNMC. She's uh, part of the blogging uh, track. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking at the CNMC this year about blogging, which is so important, and it's one of the, the staples of social media, of new media today. Uh, excellent stuff, and uh, I can't wait to see Sarah again and to sit at her feet and uh, gain some wisdom on blogging. So look forward to seeing you, Sarah. You can visit her, by the way, over at snoringscholar.com. And I have to mention this, uh, the music that we play in her segment, Mary in the Kitchen, is from a band uh, originally from Louisiana, from Lafayette, called L'Angelus. And it's a Cajun band. They're all Catholic. It's a family, actually, two sisters and a brother. And uh, great, great music. You can find them on iTunes. They are over there. L'Angelus, L-apostrophe-A-N-G-E-L-U-S, like Angelus with an L apostrophe in front of it, L'Angelus. And they have given us permission to use their particular, the, the Ave song, uh, their song, in the uh, in the segment, Mary in the Kitchen. So thank you to them as well. You can find them, by the way, over at CajunRecords.com. Wow, something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Puckett, the goody lady? My goodness, she makes some good... Goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a uh, cookies, shortbread, chocolate dicing between very. It's good. Uh, it's very good. Well, speaking of good goodies, you know, I mentioned earlier, Fourth of July is coming up. It's just a few days away, and my question is, what are you preparing? What are you going to eat? What are you going to do on the Fourth of July? I'd love to know. What, what kind of food do you think about when you think about the 4th of July? You know, I, I, you know, hot dogs and apple pie for me, right? It's all this American food, uh, hamburgers. Ham- what, what, what is more American than a hamburger, except I guess maybe apple pie, right? Uh, it, it's, it's thoroughly American, the hamburger, the hot dog, uh, goodness gracious, baseball. I mean, these things are like just so... American, and and that's what we're celebrating. The Fourth of July is the Independence Day. 
uh, of the United States of America. And uh, I can't help but think about hamburgers. I love hamburgers. Hamburgers are very good. I like to get really creative with hamburgers. Matter of fact, I share a recipe for the special Bill Young hamburgers uh, on this episode. So listen for that. And hot dogs, man, you talk about, you know, nobody really knows what they put in hot dogs. You, you, know, you know that? I mean, have you ever thought about it? I mean, look at them. They, they're, <laughs> we're kind of used to it, I guess, but man, they're kind of strange. And what kind of animal parts look like that? I mean, as far as, you know, you got this kind of like outer skin to it and then the meat is sort of like... You know what it kind of reminds me of? Particle board, you know? Particle board where you got all these different particles and they mash them together and they, they, they compress it. Um, so it's, it's not really a board. I mean, like, it's not a piece of wood. You know what I'm saying? It's particle board. This is it's like hot dogs remind me of that. They're, they're not quite any particular part of an animal. They're all kind of mysterious parts brought together. <laughs> <laughs> now, so having said that, though, I love them. I love hot dogs. And the, 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 the hot dogs that I love, the brand that I love the most are Nathan's, Nathan's Hot Dogs. I don't know right now, and I didn't look this up. I probably should have. I don't know where they come from. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know if that's something that's uh, up north or what. But Nathan's are, in my humble opinion, the best. In my humble opinion, the best. Now, there's also some kosher hot dogs. These are the Hebrew National Beef Franks. Uh, They're really good, too. Really good. I like those a lot. You can find them over at HebrewNational.com. HebrewNational.com. Those are kosher beef franks. Very good. And I think you've got different sizes, the bun length and also like the the big fat ones, too. And uh, let me see. Nathan's. What is the URL address for Nathan's Hot Dogs? Nathan's Hot Dogs is nathansfamous.com. Nathansfamous.com is that's the URL for uh, Nathan's Hot Dogs. And this is the original nation, Nathan's Famous Frankfurters. Um, I don't know where it says on here. Oh, they got, they got a Facebook page. Goodness gracious, look at that. Facebook page. Uh, it looks like it's you know kind of like the Coney Island thing, right? Nathan's Hot Dogs. Uh, go check that out. Those are good. If you're gonna have hot dogs for the Fourth of July, I would recommend either the Hebrew National or Nathan's. Uh, Nathan's are the ones that I, we typically eat uh, the most, and it's rare that we eat them. Why? Because I'm married to Charlene. I'm married to Char. That's why uh, she's not that much into that. She's into real healthy food. You know, good healthy food. And uh, hot dogs typically aren't seen as healthy. Now, every once in a while, I get to sneak some in, but uh, that's not not often. Anyway, so we will not have hot dogs on the menu at our house on the 4th of July, uh, but we will have meat. I know that. We've got a freezer stocked full of um, grass-fed beef, and I've talked about that, I think, a few episodes back. The farmer that we know, a friend of ours, who uh, kind of hooked us up there with some grass-fed beef. Wonderful Wonderful stuff. Uh, very good. Anyway, we'll, we will be grilling this weekend. So, And uh, listen, you know, there's more I want to say. When you think about hamburgers and hot dogs, you got your traditional stuff, but you also can come across some really good stuff, like, like good recipes for hamburgers. And we're going to talk about a recipe that's excellent for hamburgers and also a cocktail recipe in just a moment.
What are you going to do for the fourth? You gonna have a backyard barbecue? You're gonna do something different? I don't know. I'd love to know though. You can always give me a call at 985 635 4974. 985 635 4974. Uh, by the way, you can even call me after the fourth and tell me what you what you did on the fourth. Now, John, I do hope to record the next episode on the fourth, but we'll just have to see, right? We have that whole scheduling thing to to worry about or to contend with. So um, anyway, I'm, I was thinking about us. What are we going to do for the 4th of July? And I picked up one of my favorite foodie magazines. It's the Bon Appetit magazine, which you can also, by the way, they have a website. You can find them online at bonappetit.com. Uh, you can go there and they have actually they've got Fourth of July menus set up. So you you've got different flavors, different uh, ideas, uh, very creative ideas on whole menus that you can use for the Fourth of July. And I I was looking earlier um, trying to figure out what are we going to do, and I came across a couple of ideas I'd like to share with you. These aren't recipes. Uh, you can always go to bonappetit.com to find the recipes. But I'm going to tell you to share with you some of the ideas, some of the ingredients, and what I think about them. You know, when you have a celebration like that, especially in Louisiana, we 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 like to party down here. And you know, a lot of people associate Louisiana and New Orleans with Mardi Gras, but that is not the only party down here. We have lots of parties. Uh, but one of the things you associate with that is some sort of a, uh, of a cocktail, some sort of a drink that you would have uh, at, at, a, at a party. And so for something like this, you know, 4th of July outside, just sunshine, it's hot, it's July. What are you going to have? You want something that's refreshing, something that's good. If you're going to have a cocktail, what is it going to be? I mean, typically it wouldn't be uh, maybe, you know, like a straight liquor. You wouldn't necessarily put... Uh, have an absolute on the rocks with a with a lime. I guess you could, but sometimes you want something a little more kind of refreshing. And Bon Appetit magazine had this wonderful, wonderful recipe. I saw this and I was like, "Ooh, that that is a great idea." You know, one of the southern things, one of the things we like down here in the south is iced tea. And uh, for those of you who aren't from the states, when we say iced tea, you may wonder what exactly we mean. I don't think that uh, iced tea in England, for instance, would have the same meaning as it does here. But iced tea, very simple, you know, tea bags and water left for a long time to brew, and you pull them out, and it's just cold, right? Iced tea. Uh, when I was a bartender, it's funny, uh, as a bartender, people would order this drink. It's called the Long Island iced tea. Now, there's no tea in Long Island iced tea. I got to tell you that up front, okay? It's got four, uh, three or four different liquors. I can't even remember now. And it is not uh, a weak drink by any stretch of the imagination. You had to always be careful. If you had a Long Island iced tea, just have one, okay? <laughs> it, it was a doozy. So um, anyway, sweet tea. I don't like my iced tea sweetened ahead of time. But for a cocktail like this, it, that's just typically the way it's done. So here are the ingredients. This is a, a sweet tea with vodka and lemonade. Vodka and lemonade. That sounds so southern, doesn't it? Anyway, some of the ingredients we have here. We have um, sweet tea with vodka and lemonade. Well, you've got two large tea bags. you got to make the iced tea, right? Now, if you already have it made, that's one thing, but... Uh, you would need uh, to make it. Otherwise, 
uh, half cup boiling water, uh, eight fresh mint sprigs, four cups of lemonade made from frozen concentrate. Now, I have to tell you something. That ain't going to happen in my house, okay? Uh, we make our own lemonade with these things. They're called lemons. Yeah, you know, lemons and water. Uh, and it's really very good and tastes a lot better than uh, lemonade from concentrate. Uh, Char makes lemonade uh, you know, frequently, not like, I don't know, too often, but frequently. And yeah, it's a little more expensive. You, you have to actually buy the lemons, you know, unless you're fortunate enough to have a lemon tree. But I would definitely, personally, we would use real lemons and make lemonade. Um, it very, very good. Uh, ice cubes, uh, let's see, half a cup of vodka and eight lemon slices. Now, the slices are going to be used as garnish. Uh, let's see what you got to do here. You are going to have to uh, make the tea, and the way that they're going to do this is different than the way that I normally would make tea in the south down here. Um, a lot of times, people will make iced tea down here simply by taking the appropriate number of bags of tea, you know, in accord with how much water they're using. And we used to use when I was growing up uh, just a, a big water pitcher with a lid. You stick the uh, the tea in this, uh, I mean, the, the tea bags in there with the water, and put the top on it and let it sit for like hours. And it would be kind of almost like a cold brew, I guess, in a way. And uh, then we take the tea bags out, stick it in the fridge, and it would be iced tea. It'd be cold. You pull it out, pour it over ice. Uh, anyway, but one way you can do it is by heating the water up, brewing it that way, and it's much quicker than you. You just let it cool. So this is how this is how uh, they recommend it here uh, in Bon Appetit magazine. They say, you know, you place the uh, the tea bags in a medium bowl. Uh, half a cup of boiling water. You take that boiling water, pour it right over there, let it steep for four minutes, discard the tea bags, and place mint sprigs, which I forgot to mention the mint sprigs. you got to have mint, eight fresh mint sprigs. Place the mint sprigs um, in a large pitcher and mash with a muddler. We, we go back a ways with the story of the muddler. Uh, Captain Jeff had phoned in uh, a while back and talked about a muddler. Um, but with a muddler, something to mash down the mint sprigs. You want to kind of crush them, and you're really just getting the juices out of out of those leaves. Uh, or like a wooden spoon, you could even use that. And you're just bruising it. You're not like crushing it completely. Don't kill it. Just bruise it. You want to get the juices, once again, out of the flavor, out of uh, the mint. And uh, then you pour in the tea, uh, lemonade, and vodka. All of that done. Very simple. Very easy. Doesn't take any time at all. And then you just chill it. And you can stick it in the fridge. You can make this a day ahead, uh, the night before, whatever you want. Very easy to do. And this will yield about eight highball glasses uh, with ice, right? Eight highball glasses with ice. And then you would just take those lemon slices and kind of what you could do is cut into it from the center. It's a slice, right? From the center out to one of the edges, to the edge. Um, and that way, you just kind of twist it just a little bit, and you, it'll fit right over the glass and uh, rest there. It's very nice. Maybe a straw. Straw would be good. Something you may want to consider. So that is what I am thinking about for a nice 4th of July cocktail. Sweet tea with vodka and lemonade. Another recipe that really jumped out to me, I mean, like really jumped out to me, is called 
coffee rubbed cheeseburgers with Texas barbecue sauce. Whoa, can you imagine? Listen to that again. Coffee rubbed cheeseburgers with Texas barbecue sauce. Mm, man, golly, the, you know, a couple of words just really jump out there. You got coffee, right? That's, that's great in my book, coffee rubbed. And then you got Texas, man, Texas and barbecue. Texas is known for its barbecue. So is, so is Tennessee, right? Uh, but Texas is, uh, wow. So this is the little blurb they have here on um, uh, bonappetit.com for this particular recipe. It says, freshly ground coffee adds a depth to the spice rub and brings out the flavor of the meat. Be sure to keep the rub recipe handy. Um, the spice rub would also be great on steaks and chicken. Very, very cool. Now, I have a particular way that I make um, hamburgers, and, and I've talked about that before. Matter of fact, I have a sound clip to play for you in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but let me tell you about this uh, particular recipe right here and what's included. What's What do you need as far as ingredients go? For the coffee rub, check out these ingredients. You need ground coffee, uh, brown sugar, Black pepper, ground black pepper, uh, ground coriander, dried oregano, and fine sea salt. Sounds good already, right? That's a, a good rub there. Uh, for the burgers, you need uh, bacon. That right there says it's going to be a good burger. Burgers with bacon. That is good. So you have, you have burger, uh, bacon, ground chuck, or ground sirloin. They're actually what they're doing here is they're going to mix the two, the ground chuck and the ground sirloin, which is good because it gives you kind of a medium, uh, not too fatty, but it, it's a good it's a good mix there, uh, ground chuck and ground sirloin. Uh, smoked provolone cheese, uh, smoked um, cacio cavallo, or smoked gouda, and uh, potato bread hamburger buns. They use potato bread hamburger buns, uh, red onion, and tomato, and of course, we use creoles here in my house. Uh, so doesn't that sound good? Wow. And it says here, with Texas barbecue sauce. So we got the rub down. We've got the burgers down. We know what kind of um, uh, buns we're going to be using. You can mix the, uh, the, the coffee rub in advance, right? Um, but you know what? I was just scrolling down this page, and guess what? I'm, I'm upset. I'm... The one thing I can complain about is, listen to the title of the recipe again, it is Coffee Rubbed Cheeseburgers with Texas Barbecue Sauce. But they, there's no directions. There ain't no directions for Texas Barbecue Sauce. So I'm assuming here that they want you to go out and buy some in a store, when it's much better to make it yourself. So uh, I don't have a recipe for Texas barbecue sauce to give you right now, but that is what uh, one of the things that really made this uh, recipe jump out to me. I'm disappointed. The rest of it looks great. Uh, you, of course, you can always go to the store and pick up some Texas barbecue sauce, and I'm sure it would be good. Um, but anyway, those are two things that jumped out to me, and let me know if they jump out to you if they stand out to you, and if if you even decide to make one of these things for the 4th of July. Remember, you can always call me, 985-635-4974, or you can email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Did you notice? That's a new email address, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Goodness, you could even do feedback at catholicfoodie.com. 
or catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me anywhere. Isn't that awesome? I'm, I'm, I'm available everywhere. Pretty cool. Anyway, I told you I have a sound clip to play for you, and I do. This one is going to be a recipe of sorts. It's uh, the Bill Young Burgers, right? Our Bill Young Burgers. Bill Young was my uncle. He passed away a number of years ago or a few years ago, and uh, he, he had a particular way he would like to make hamburgers, and it just caught on. It stuck. It, it, it you know, other extended family uh, fell in love with the way he did it, and we do it now. And I, I love these burgers. They're grilled. They're barbecued. Um, Bill Young Burgers. So I, I, I have mentioned to you in the past, I believe, that uh, every week on Friday I am on uh, the Baton Rouge Catholic radio station in the morning for their morning show, which is Wake Up Back Baton Rouge. Wake Up Baton Rouge. So they invited the Catholic foodie to come on and to do that. I think we started it in April. I started coming on in April, uh, maybe the beginning of May, but I think it was in April. And every Friday, I have been uh, calling on to the show and uh, talking to the the host. They've got three guys who are there, typically, and uh, good, good fellas over in Baton Rouge, where I'm originally from. It's about an hour away from here. And uh, we just talk about food. Uh, you know, Friday is kind of a relaxing day, they say. So they do the morning show every day of the week, uh, Monday through Friday. And on Friday, they wanted to be... Uh, a little lighter. They talk about uh, faith, of course, and different aspects of our faith and what's going on in uh, the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Uh, but they also invite me on there, the Catholic foodie, to talk about the fun stuff, you know, the, the what we're going to do on the weekend, what you're going to cook, what we're going to eat, that kind of thing. So uh, this is a clip from a discussion we had a few weeks back when I was talking about the Bill Young Burgers. Um, I will give you the URL address of the radio station in just a few minutes after the sound clip. And uh, you can go there actually on Fridays, Friday mornings, uh, 7-ish, 7.15-ish a.m. Central Time in the United States and listen to the broadcast live. But here's the sound clip. And it's the same word today. And it is therefore. 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 Well, this is is my take on Jeff today. (laughs) Jeff is being pastoral. See, you guys want him to be so black and white, letter of the law, charcoal, charcoal. And Jeff, you're being pastoral. It's a, you're saying it's a for those of you pit. that need, for those of you that need to do propane for all these other reasons, this we're no going to give reasons. you a dispensation. It's a Catholic right, Jeff. Pit. You have the that's right. The propane right, and you have the charcoal right. <laughs> the charcoal right. Okay, no, I'm we're sorry. all Catholic. Just, uh, and, and, we're all, yeah, okay. <laughs> So no, not me. So no, I, mean, uh, I mean, I am Catholic, but by God, I'm traditional. So Jeff, no recipe today. You got to throw us a bone. Come um, on. Oh, with good. meat on it. Uh, with, I get, well, I, I, it's just, I don't think we've ever talked about steak. I know Chef John Foles. Uh, you guys had him on what oh, a yeah. weeks back. Yeah, he had his drool and all. Okay, oh, here's one. Here's one. Steak. Yeah, can you top that? <laughs> how about how about the there's a, there's, a, there's a story about the largest hamburger ever made. So how about how about just some good tips for the best. Would burger you, you ever could make on a, would on a you, grill? You know, because sometimes you know they turn into golf balls. So that's you know, a good, yeah, that's a good idea. Though my uh, my uncle, uh, who I love very much, he passed away a number of years ago. But he had a special uh, special burgers he would make. His mm-hmm. name was Bill Young, and we call him Bill Young Burgers. And what sounds like a boy. That sounds like a burger there. Huh? I mean, it's a good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> but you got to take a purple onion. Uh-huh. And uh, slice it, 
with some butter in a, uh, in a saucepan. Let it cook down. So you want to really kind of cook those onions down really well. You're going to top your burger with those onions. Uh-huh. That's a good thing. All right. Uh, but I think for, for me, it's the way we prepare the, the meat. Yeah. So, you know, lots of people put different things in there. I always put crystal hot sauce, believe it or not. No, I, but, I, um, I can relate. Uh, uh, some kind of like Conrico or, or, or Tony's or some, some kind of seasoning like that. Yeah. Uh, and I get this Greek seasoning, too. I, I like to add that in there. It's got uh, red pepper flakes and, um, goodness, there's rosemary in it, uh, oregano. Uh-oh. Black pepper. Is and, that like a brand name? And, and the kitchen sink. A little and garlic? The kitchen sink. Garlic in there, maybe? No, really. And, the Greek and if seasoning. If I have an extra onion, I'll slice some of that up and throw that in there, too. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> is, is, it a, is there a brand name to this Greek seasoning, or is, just, or is it like a standard different types of Greek seasonings? You know what Well, I'm when you go to the Greek fest, you get this little plastic Ziploc bag, and it has <laughs> Greek seasoning written all right. outside. All right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right, and, and those of us who live well, that's all right. And that's then right. a breath mint afterwards. That, that, the onions right. and the guts. That's when you know you got that's a good right. burger. That's, that's right. right. Make sure everybody yeah. eats one. So, all right, Jeff. Well, listen. Thanks for the uh, the pastoral dispensation on propane uh, burners. The Catholic and I, 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 I'm glad. Well. I'm glad you came today, Jeff. The charcoal <laughs> right, y'all. It's traditional. Propane right and the charcoal. So that was uh, that was a conversation we had just a few weeks back. I think it was like the seventh of uh, June, I believe. And <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. We do have fun. It is uh, it is great to be on the radio with them. Uh, you probably have noticed I was on actually uh, the telephone, and so there is a difference there in the sound quality. But that's okay. You know, we are there just to talk food and faith and to have fun. So uh, if you have a chance uh, at some point to check out the website there, the Baton Rouge Catholic Radio uh, station that. Email, that uh, that URL address is brcatholicradio.com, brcatholicradio.com. And that show is Wake Up Baton Rouge Live, weekday mornings, 7 o'clock a.m. Central Time. So uh, you can listen online. You might want to go ahead and check that out one day. I don't really drink, you know. Of course you don't. I wouldn't either if I was drinking that. But you would have to be an idiot of elephantine proportions not to appreciate this 61 Chateau de la Tour. And you, Monsieur Linguini, are no idiot. <laughs> Let us toast your non-idiocy. I've got one last thing to share with you before we close out the show today, and I'm hoping that it will be a tribute to my non-idiocy and not my idiocy. Uh, I have, this is, I guess, another promo thing here. Uh, I have a new podcast that I am launching, believe it or not. Uh, The Catholic Foodie, I love The Catholic Foodie. I love what it's all about. I love all the plans that we have for the future, all the good things, the fun things. I think it's going to be great. Uh, but, you know, especially in light of uh, the work that I am uh, moving toward and, you know, out of the classical formal uh, education um, industry, I guess you call that an industry, right, formal education, leaving that and moving toward a new business, um, part of that is going to be comprised of podcasting. And so I wanted to launch a new podcast that would be in addition to The Catholic Foodie. 
And I wanted it was going to be a little bit different, It'd be a different thing. And that that different thing would be more along the lines of Cliff Raven's uh, Ravencraft's um, podcast that he had a long time ago. He started this years ago called My Crazy Life. And that one has actually morphed into pursuing a balanced life. That is what he has today. Used to be called uh, My Crazy Life. Anyway, it's sort of like that uh, where I'm able to talk about things other than food. I'm talking more about just other aspects of life. Very, very, very informal. Uh, it's me walking around, typically doing running errands or out and about using my H2 Zoom recorder. So I'm, I'm it, you know, it, it's just really pared down. Very simple and very short. It usually just a few thoughts, uh, share a few thoughts on something and really try to invite people in, invite you in to a conversation, to a dialogue. And um, the episodes are about 20 minutes long very you know it's a short show and it's just uh, sharing a couple things there's not different there's no different segments it's just basically one one little uh one little thought that we talk about or maybe two thoughts we talk about that day and i've been actually i've i've done like four or five episodes already but they are not available online yet i have not put them up and i've not put them up for a couple of reasons uh, i wanted to wait until i had about five episodes to see personally how this works for me and to get feedback from a few individuals, a few trusted um, listeners of the Catholic Foodie who have uh, shown an interest in this thing before. I wanted to get their honest opinion, their feedback on that before posting it up for the entire world to see. So I have gotten feedback and it's really been positive. I've been very pleased with that. Uh, and, and it's about time for this to be, uh, to be launched. And so listen in the coming week. Uh, by next episode, I should be able to give you a URL address and where you can find it. It'll be in iTunes. So uh, you'll have another show that you can uh, look at, listen to, give it a listen, see if you like it, and whether or not you want to subscribe to that show. Anyway, I do have a clip here from the very first episode that'll give you an idea of what it's all about. In the Middle of Things, Episode 1. Welcome to episode one of In the Middle of Things. <laughs> you are probably thinking, what is this? What's going on? I was listening to the Catholic Foodie. What happened? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, you know, I've been thinking for a while about starting another show, and I wanted this one to be a little more personal, a little more um, maybe even philosophical, uh, not really dealing with food, but dealing with other aspects of life. And uh, I'd, I'd even picked out a name a while back and just never got around to doing this. Well, now is the perfect time. At least it's the perfect time for me. I certainly hope it's a good time for you. And uh, we're going to call this In the Middle of Things. And why that name? Where does it come from? Well, uh, in Latin, In the Middle of Things is actually In Media Res. And uh, what that means, In the Middle of Things, it kind of goes back to, uh, I guess, a philosophy, a uh, um, goes all the way back to Aristotle. Aristotle, in one of his uh, philosophical works, you know, ancient Greek philosopher, uh, wrote about art. And part of what he wrote about was stories and narratives and plays. And he, he noted that the best ones always started in medio res. 
in the middle of things. You, you don't want to tell So that you. is the uh, beginning of episode one, the first episode of this new podcast, In the Middle of Things. Uh, once again, I will inform you next episode about a URL address where you can find and subscribe to this new podcast. And that wraps this episode of The Catholic Foodie up for us today. I certainly hope you have a very happy 4th of July, and I look forward to hearing from you uh, what you prepared on the 4th of July, or if you want to call me ahead of time, what you plan on cooking for the 4th of July. So until next time, bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.